Family Life Experiment, have you ever wondered if work-life balance is really possible for a lawyer? We have too. So let's put it to the test. Join us as we experiment with proven tips and tricks to address everyday lawyer problems. I am Anya Smirnova. And I am Frida Levitsky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new year, 2023, of the Lawyer Life Experiment. First of all, a huge Happy New Year to you all. We hope you had a wonderful holiday, festivities, and a great start to the new year. So before we finished at the end of 2022, our last episode was all about reflections. So we took a little bit of a look back on what 2022 looked like for us and the intentions we wanted to set for 2023. My intention was self-care, <laughs> and it has actually, I will be honest, has, has started off quite well into 2023. Um, so, Anya, a bit of reflection before we start on today's topic. How have you been implementing your intentions for 2023? I feel a little bit of <laughs> provocation in this question because you had a spoiler. <laughs> you know how it went. I definitely remember my intention. My intention was to find the relaxation this year, completely relax and let go of not not sweat the small stuff and probably degrade some things or uh, promote some things into being the small stuff that I shouldn't sweat about. What I realized is several people told me that they really liked our last episode on reflections and I realized I forgot what we were sharing kind of the details and the lessons and so so to me it says that the intention really resonated with me this word really stayed with me relax and I have this I remember about it daily but I didn't integrate the lessons and actually mm-hmm. this is the the lesson is it's not just about learning a new skill or learning something new about yourself it's about putting it into practice so Again, my favorite uh, quote from the essentialism is, yeah, the disciplined pursuit, <laughs> the disciplined pursuit of less. So exactly. Integration, integration will be the other one. <laughs> okay, well, good. And well done for admitting that fact. And actually, I think it also proves how conscious that effort has to be if you want to integrate something new or something that you found was lacking in a previous previous period yes exactly yeah i i find my lessons just become shorter and shorter that's a good thing for me (laughs) and less of that brilliant what about you frida uh self-care as i said was my word and it started off really well i mean i'm in the middle of a um, really a self-care challenge because I don't want to get to my wedding in April looking frazzled with grey hairs through, <laughs> through my skin, never mind through my hair. Um, so yeah, I know there's a conscious exercise regime going on. There's a conscious um, control, I suppose is not quite the right word, but control over my stress levels um, consciousness over my stress levels and not taking on too much and so far so good I'm really pleased to say yeah I like this word conscious I think it really leads us well into our today's conversation it does indeed and so today what we're going to talk about is connected versus contactable 
Now, this came out of my holidays. So as you'll have known from the last episode, towards the end of last year, I think we were both at the end of our tethers. We were a bit burnt out. We just had enough for 2022. And I think there was a general consensus in the world that that was, that was where everybody was sitting at the end of 2022. But what um, I realized was that when I went on holiday, I really needed a break and needed to disconnect. And we ended up going off grid because one, it gave us that freedom just to not be contactable. But we also realized that, and so, sorry, and so when we became non-contactable, we couldn't get be messaged, we couldn't be emailed, we couldn't be called, we couldn't be WhatsApp, whatever other ways of communicating people from work tend to get in touch with you. But it also disconnected us. And things like we were playing um, Scrabble and I couldn't uh, I couldn't check how you spell a word because we had no no form of online dictionary. And I couldn't plan the wedding tables for the guests because I couldn't access the the guest list, which was online through the wedding website. And it's okay. it might be silly things, but they were things that I realized, goodness, we're actually completely disconnected here. And is it ever possible to have a break where you are not contactable by work? So you actually have that draw, you draw the line with work, but you are still allowed to remain connected to family, friends, emergency calls, uh, social media, if you want to see social media and still have some form of connection without actually being contactable. Mm, Yeah. And uh... Checking the spelling for Scrabble, I think, was a very, <laughs> very, very good example. Very important. But you know, when you are, yeah, when you talk about something, you now like you forget and you immediately want to reach to your phone and find the answer uh, on the internet. Not and sometimes we it becomes a challenge to not touch your phone and let the answer come back to you uh, mm-hmm. later. And you know, interesting about the connected versus contactable. Uh, over the holidays, uh, we received uh, some friends and we had a similar conversation about how are we uh, checking, are we connected to our work emails uh, when we're on holidays. And one my friend who is very conscious about his work-life balance, he works on that, he said that for him, it is a good, a relaxing thing just to keep an eye on what's going on, like to be informed. And that was interesting because I genuinely believe that this is not, it might be part habit, uh, like we all have, but I genuinely felt like for him it was not uh, not a dependence, but something that is good for him, for his holiday. Interesting. I, I mean, I as a coach, I would probably challenge that a little bit to see if that not necessarily makes him feel he needs to be constantly contactable in that in that circumstance. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it is. It's just I like to know what's going on, and that keeps me under uh, my stress levels down. For me, and I, I know for quite a few people that I was chatting to over Christmas, similarly as well is that that break, that ability to just completely shut off and not think about work really made a huge difference coming back in January. I had two weeks off. So a call came in. I I was on holiday on the 16th on the Friday. A call came in whilst we were coming back and switching locations. 
And my stress levels, my entire body literally shifted shape, basically. The breathing, the, the breathing changed, the uh, tension within my chest cavity changed as I saw that email come through. And I realized how it's not addictive, that's not the right word, but how vulnerable to stress I was at that stage that that break was absolutely vital. And so once I saw that message, everything properly closed down. And it was, I'm, I am not available for two weeks. Yes. And um, I, similarly to you, I like to have a clean break because my brain switches on and I have physical signals of that I am switched on rather than um, I am relaxing. Mm. And But it also shows just how different we are, like between my friend and myself, like how we have different ways of relaxing and different ways that work for us. Also, I realize that this is the way my body uh, became accustomed to reacting to work emails. Uh, if your work email yeah. is continuously a source of stress, that's how you will start reacting to any email. Yeah, true. That's actually very a very good point. Even if it's even if it's a really nice have a lovely holiday email. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes, you will jump like if you're used to receiving bad news always on the on the by email or on the phone you will start to jump at the sound of the incoming message or phone call. Do you know one one thing that comes up to me whilst we're talking about it is that we're you know we are in a position now where we own our own businesses and we we have control over our our time to some extent but it the question I would be asking if I was listening to this would be look I'm a lawyer and particularly if I'm a younger lawyer so your junior associate trainee even mid-level associate is that okay cool you know I want to have a break but I just don't feel like I have the capacity capability authority to actually say no and to put those boundaries in place what would you what would you say to that so I think it's a probably a very recognizable uh thought process in the legal yeah. industry Yes. Yeah. And I have definitely been in that in that place, feeling that it's the uh, customs of how your workplace functions, that this is the way it is, and that um, either you don't have a choice in that or uh, you are risking something uh, in terms of your career, somebody else will get your work or how you will be perceived and what will, how will this affect your performance review. Uh, there is, in my experience, it's connected always to some kind of either feeling like you don't have a choice or kind of fear of how that will affect you. Yeah, repercussions of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that that's definitely something that I experienced when I was practicing, certainly in, actually in both, both in-house and in private practice, it was um, maybe less so in-house, I think, but in private practice, because it's the service industry and that you, you, you know, you should, I suppose it was drummed into us that we need to be 24-7 available and our clients, clients always come first. That was what, what the motto was, wasn't it? 
wasn't it, back in the day, which is great. But I think it's really about acknowledging that we do have a choice. And as difficult as those those choices might be, talking over myself there, but sorry, I'll just say that again. But I think the importance is, is that we always have a choice and recognizing that we always have a choice is incredibly important. How difficult those choices are is, is a different question, but there is there is always a choice. Yes, and the buzzword mindset, which became very much a mainstream word these days, but the way we perceive a situation um, creates this um, cycle of belief and action so the way if you if you feel that this is this is um a, a situation any situation is unchangeable that's how you will perceive it you will uh you will think that there is nothing you can do about it that you feel trapped when we feel trapped our animal instincts kind of kick in that um you feel afraid you feel uh powerless how does this affect the way you feel about yourself? How does this affect the way you respond to things from under this uh, pressure? And we picked connected versus contactable because it, it was so relevant to holiday season. And But actually, it's about other situations when you feel you're in minority or you are going against the flow or it is. It is very difficult. Like or with, if we're talking about, for example... Women and more senior women in the professional world, there are less and less of women uh, senior leaders. And it, it, it just stays as a habitual reaction of how are you when you feel that you are trapped or you are in minority? Yeah, how do you react? Yeah. Um, taking it back to the connected versus contactable, just, just to keep it into a like an easily referenceable example, I suppose, is that okay? So I want I want to go on holiday and I want to break. I've worked like a dog all year. I'm a lawyer. I'm quite young. How do I put boundaries in place that allow that to happen? And for me, I learned probably like midway through my career that you are allowed to have a break. There is there, there is no. There's no rules anywhere saying that you can't have a break. There are laws, in fact, that say that you are entitled to having a break under the Employment Act. And they are in place because it is mentally healthy for you to have a break. So taking that time off is about setting expectations. It's about deciding what your boundaries are. It's determining what you are comfortable with when it comes to setting boundaries. So as your friend was saying, you know, he might be okay checking in emails at a given time during the day or in the, you know, in the morning when he wakes up and having a little look. For other people, it's about communicating that I will not be contactable during this these days and actually standing by it. Because what I found was that I would say I'm in Australia for a week and then I would check my emails. Or then I would join a call. And so I broke my own boundaries for my own fears. I was worried about like losing my deal or being taken off my deal or um, not getting the promotion that I wanted. You know, all of those those fear drivers. But the reality was 
No one was going to respect me if I didn't respect my own boundaries. That is very true. That is very true. They like you are the role model of how you would the way you treat yourself, you're role modeling it for other people. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that we all need to take consideration of when we're looking at these difficult situations. So whatever the difficulty you're in is what what am I prepared to accept here? What am I not prepared to accept? Um, you know, where's that line? How do I draw that line? And how do I implement that line? Yes. And there is a very profound um, idea of the power that you hold always, uh, ever. And we were discussing beforehand the power of choice by Viktor Frankl. Frida, you are, you are fresh from reading <laughs> that in your counselor studies. His story is just incredible. Yeah, it's the man's search for freedom. Uh, man's search for meaning is Viktor Frankl's book. And yeah, I've been studying it through psychology and, and counselling. His theory of existentialism stems from this. But I mean, fundamentally, he was somebody who was in a concentration camp, in a place where anybody would think that you have no choice and you certainly have no freedom. I mean, that is the extreme level of a lack of freedom. Um, but I wanted to just just read out a little quote from this book, which I absolutely love. Um, and he's speaking of being in the concentration camps and having everything taken away from him except for one thing. So the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And there were always choices to make. Every day, every hour offered the opportunity to make a decision a decision which determined whether you would or would not submit to those powers which threatened to rob you of your very self, your inner freedom. Back. He went, yeah, he went about his day every morning making a choice about how he would act every hour and what he would think every hour. And that gave him freedom, even if it was an internal inner freedom to be able to survive the concentration camps. And he and did. I think, yeah, and he did. And he went on and he became a professor and, you know, existentialism stem, stemmed from him. And it it is a really powerful reminder that in every circumstance, we do have a choice, even if that choice is a difficult one. Yes. And there is an important point here that you might not choose your circumstances. Mm -hmm. There are situations where we choose our circumstances it becomes more difficult when our external circumstances are not our choice, but we can all always decide how do we respond. Yes, and I think that, that really leads us into the hypothesis, which is quite simple, is that when, when we claim our power of choice, we gain the freedom we desire. And that could be freedom from work, it could be freedom to have a holiday, it could be freedom to stand up and, and state something that you really want to say to somebody because you disagree with how something is happening. It gives you that, it gives you that freedom that you seek. Yeah, yes, exactly. And the, the experiment that we invite you to do is to exercise your right of choice. And the way we propose you do it is that whenever you feel that you are stuck 
in a particular circumstance. You feel powerless. You feel there is no alternative to pause and to come from a place that I do have a choice. And just believe in that as a truth, as an experiment, that there is always a choice and look at for like for a door that you don't yet see. So what if that is true? So either I can change my circumstance or I can change my perception of that circumstance. Yeah, change how I feel about it, change how I look at the situation, change my perspective. Yeah. It's really powerful. And I'm looking forward to going and applying that again for for the next couple of weeks and see what what comes up for me. I'm not sure I exercise it as much as I think I do. So it'll yeah. be a good good experiment for us both. Yes, very much so. I I know about this. I sometimes struggle to see another perspective. And what I do is I have some people in my life who will always give me a different perspective. And I when I struggle, I go to them. <laughs> and just to get to get some perspective i think that that's great a great idea actually get, getting you you do know different personalities so trying to gain a different perspective on something always go to someone who you know doesn't think like you and you will come out with a whole different ah okay let's see how this works yes um we wish you all the best with your experimentation this week and we will catch you in a couple of weeks time That's it for this week's episode of the Lawyer Life Experiment podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. It was presented to you by Anya Smirnova and Frida Levitsky. Find our information and contacts in the podcast note. We love to hear your views on this podcast. Please reach out to us or use the link in the show notes to give us a review. You can also subscribe and like and tell your friends about it. And have fun experimenting. <laughs>